Well, welcome back, everybody. You know, for the past three and a half decades, I've had the best seat in the house. I've had the gift of advising and collaborating with hundreds of CIOs each and every year. Over time, you start to see themes, you start to see patterns. What are those things that differentiate the top CIOs from the rest? And I'll tell you what, this is a spoiler alert. It has nothing to do with chasing the bright, shiny objects. Rather, these digital differentiators are laser focused on what I call the seven C's of great leaders. These are seven attributes that are second nature and have become intuitive in driving their leadership philosophies and agenda. These seven C's include the customer, the customer at the middle, outside in, inside out. Building a world-class culture is number two. Focus on cultivating uh, a, a more innovative, a more future-ready workforce. Fourth and fifth C's are leading with courage and leading change. And then finally, the best leaders are great collaborators and great communicators. Joining me today is Kirk Ball, who is a seven C's leader through and through. Kirk is the CIO and a member of the executive leadership team at Giant Eagle, which is an $11 billion convenience and supermarket retailer. Previously, Kirk held C-level roles in a healthcare network that sported 200 locations. And also before that, he was in Kroger, the Fortune 25 behemoth with over a half million associates. So Kirk, welcome to the show. And you are all about knowing the customer, one of the big C's. And in your last CI role, it was patience. Today, it's a wide range of retail customers, which I imagine are rather fickle. I know I am. And so as a CIO, how do you stay abreast of your customer? Yeah, I think it's taking a bit of a multi-layered uh, multi, uh, uh, or tiered approach. So certainly stay abreast at a macro level, what's going on with the economy, especially the economies in the regions where we have locations. Um, and then um, getting out into stores, <clears throat> spending time with customers, uh, talking to them, visiting with them, helping them, uh, uh, give, or providing them, I should say, an opportunity to give input on what works in a store, what doesn't work in a store, what do they like about our uh, digital properties, uh, what do they like about the uh, solutions that we have in store, um, how are the uh, guests being treated uh, by our team members, et cetera. Um, and then certainly doing a lot of analysis and looking at the analytics, what are the trends that we're seeing in terms of purchase patterns, uh, et cetera, by region, by store. Um, and then uh, last but not least, talking to the team members in store that deal with guests every day. And what are the things that guests are talking to them about? Um, and, and so those are kind of the a multiplicity, a multitude of ways in which we, you know, I personally spend time and ask those that I work with to spend time and really understanding at, a, at an intimate, personalized level um, what the customers are thinking, keeping our, you know, keeping our fingers on the pulse of the customer taste and preferences and attitudes. Yeah, I always knew you were pretty uh, intentional with the customer. I didn't realize all those different types of uh, activities. And, you know, I always like to, to quote uh, the JFK story, you know, when he's visiting NASA in Houston and you know, as the story goes, he breaks off and he goes over and talks to this gentleman who, who, who's the janitor. And he says, sir, what do you do here? And he said, well, Mr. President, I'm helping to send a man to the moon. You know, he knew his role in the bigger mission. And so a lot of times it's easy for our IT folks to get caught up in the, in the, the, the work, the tasks, right? How do you keep your team connected to the mission, to the customer? 
Yeah, it's a great question. And I think it's one of the most important things that you can do, right? Um, one, uh, I help my team members understand that their role is as important as my role is. So uh, I can't do anything without the team, right? I serve in a CIO capacity and I have a certain set of responsibilities to manage budget, help set direction, keep my finger in the pulse of what the other senior leaders uh, need out of our organization, conveying and relaying business strategy objectives back to the team so that they understand. Um, and then we've intentionally worked to create a um, three to four year technology roadmap that is in alignment with that business roadmap. <clears throat> and have intentionally asked those that I work with to participate in the creation of that technology roadmap so that it's not like Moses coming down from Mount Sinai with two tablets and saying, here, it's us co-creating and it becomes our strategy, not my strategy. And I found that as people have the opportunity to contribute, uh, you know, a, a portion of that strategy, they're thinking to a portion of that strategy, it becomes our strategy. And then we take it very, very seriously. Uh, and we've developed that strategy in alignment with the business uh, strategy so that people can ratchet up and clearly identify the things that we're working on in a technology space. How does it support the business strategy <clears throat> that has been developed uh, to take our company to, to the next level? So that's one way. Um, another way is to uh, put in place specific measurements. So if you have a mission and a vision and a set of strategies that are tied to the business strategy, then what projects are tied to each of those strategies. So as we complete projects, we can understand at a more granular level, the projects that we have been working on, how they tie to specific strategies in the technology space, which ratchet back up to those business strategies. So you get a sense of a direct tie and then how are we measuring success of those initiatives? Um, how do we uh, calculate more with our business partners to understand did that project create the ROI? or the customer affinity to increase customer loyalty the way that we thought it would and help them understand, look, all parts of this solution, whether it be operational process improvement, whether it be technology implementation, um, they all came together to deliver a portion of that ROI. And so that's, a, that's another way that it's very, very important uh, to help the team members understand how they how what they do on a daily basis contributes to the success of the organization. Yeah, same with that theme. You know, I know you're a big culture culture guy, and uh, your your company closed its corporate headquarters uh, not not too long ago. So, how do you maintain? How do you continue to build culture? Uh, what are some of the meaningful touch points that you're very focused on and intentional about, Kirk? Two times a week, I meet with those that I work with directly. Once a week, I work with the uh, and meet with the extended leadership team. We talk about things that are relevant to the organization. We talk about activities that we have going on. We talk about organizational administration, administrative um, directions that we're setting. Uh, and then we also refer back to those projects and how we keep score around our progress. We talk about those very, very frequently. Um, I will also go into Pittsburgh about once every four weeks and spend time in person with people. So it's a mixture of uh, in-person, virtual, but very frequent touch points. I uh, touch base with our leaders in Bangalore once a week, in addition to the other weekly uh, touch point that I mentioned. 
Uh, I spend time with, uh, we do a monthly GEB team member. So we're talking to all the GEB team members. We do another monthly all IT uh, meeting, talking about things irrelevant, talking about the successes that we had, talking about uh, the opportunities that we have, how we need to continue to improve, what we're improving on and how we're succeeding. Um, I say thank you a lot uh, to the team members to help them understand, look, this is a team sport. We, I'm not doing it. This team over here is not doing it alone. We're doing it together. <laughs> and it's all facets of the team uh, that have to perform uh, very well in their particular roles that allows the whole team to be successful. So if a PM is doing a great job, but the folks in the network uh, that are required to help support that project aren't getting their activities done, it affects the whole initiative. All the other teams may be delivering, but we all have to deliver consistently on time. We also spend a lot of time measuring what we're doing and reporting back out on that. We clearly define the services that we provide. We meet every month to talk about the quality of those services. Um, but most importantly, uh, I help the team. I've really worked hard to communicate to the team that we are a team. And one plus one working hand in hand together equals three. And that we have the opportunity to make magic. And that uh, it's not my job to uh, do their job. It's my job to be a great director, keep the organization in time, help get the organization what it needs to be successful, and then unleash the power of the team. And uh, you know, all the team members in the organization have risen to that challenge and they're doing a great job. Yeah, and you made reference GEBT, that's Giant Eagle Business Technology, correct? Uh, GEB is our Giant Eagle Bangalore operation. So we oh, have- okay, got it. We have become a global technology group over the last couple of years. We uh, have uh, several folks that work in North America, uh, primarily cluster around Pittsburgh, but we do have team members on the West Coast. We have team members in Texas. We have team members now in Canada. Um, but we also have, uh, you know, about 40% of our technology group that sits in Bangalore. <clears throat> and we've been very intentional as we've created that captive to really go through a lot of cultural understanding for the folks at GEB, how Americans, North Americans work and how they think and how our culture uh, is. And we spent a lot of time with our North American team members working to help them understand what's the Indian culture like. What are they about? You know, what's their history? What, what, how are they raised? Uh, and so we've worked really, really hard to mesh those cultures so that we can have a multicultural team, but a team that has one culture. And so it has worked uh, really, really well. Uh, and we do a lot of, you know, we do a lot of visits. We have folks from Bangalore come over and visit as well. We have senior leaders that reside in Bangalore. We have uh, services that are only delivered out of Bangalore. Uh, and we have some services that are only delivered out of North America. So it creates an inter interdependency. Um, and it's a recognition that regardless of whether where our team members sit, there is important contribution. There are important contributions that are coming from all areas of the team, regardless of where they physically sit. So great, great coverage of customer outside and inside out. Uh, a lot of great conversation around culture. Uh, I want to unpack uh, the third C, which is communication. And you know, you're one of the few CIOs who are comfortable talking about the role we play in marketing, you know, every day, right? Every one in your organization is marketing your organization every single day. 
And you've got some great Kirkisms around this as well. Uh, you know, one of them that I really appreciate, all businesses show business. So talk about that and how do you balance that, you know, the ability and the need to tell the story while at the same time staying humble? Yeah, it's a great question. But the realization is, is that whether it's uh, people within the technology space, they're looking at leadership, whether it's uh, one team looking at another team that they're dependent on delivering a component of a project, whether it's our business partners um, understanding that the technology group understands what business objectives that they have. And we have collaboratively uh, worked with them to understand and to define what we're going to do to help them achieve their objectives. Right. So it's a recognition that <clears throat> you have to, you want to, so here's a good example. So the ability to work with our business partners and them having the confidence and the trust that we understand what they're trying to accomplish and then we deliver. That's what I mean by all businesses show business. You are demonstrating every single day that you are there to deliver, 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 and you're going to do it with humility, but you're going to do it in the spirit of partnership. And you're there to help your peers be as successful as they can be. And you're going to do everything you can to do that. That gains trust. Trust breeds confidence when you then want to work with them uh, to help influence a particular direction that they may be thinking about going and you having some understanding about how particular technology decisions may impact that business direction. Um, they will listen. Uh, they will um, they will have that confidence in you because you've delivered for them in the past that you have their best interest at heart. And so what I mean by all business to show business is you have to hit the mark. You have to be able to hit your lines. You have to be able to hit the timing to deliver that line. And you have to do it day in, day out, every single day. And that consistency builds trust and that trust builds relationships. And those relationships turn into partnerships that allow the technology organization to have the um, confidence of the organization um, and therefore get additional funding uh, for some things that we may want to try and do um, and to influence the direction of the business. So we're not just technologists. We have now become business people and technology has become part of the business fabric. And that's what I mean. Such a misunderstood uh, term in our in our industry. And um, yeah, there's another great Kirkism that kind of hits the individual level. I want all of our up and coming folks in the industry to really pay attention to. And you talk about every day as an interview. Yeah, it is. You, you, ha you have to be consistent. You have to put your best foot forward every single day. When you engage with either those that you work with, when you engage that are on your team or part of the team that you work with, when you engage with business partners, you have to deliver every single day. You complete projects, you celebrate those projects, make a big deal about it, but then you move on. You can't rely on your past successes to guarantee the future success of the technology group or of the organization. And we continually focus on recognizing and celebrating um, great moments in the moment and then realizing, look, tomorrow we got to come, we got to come and bring it just like we did the day that we were successful. And bringing it every single day is really, really important. Mm, so good. 
You know, we've uh, one of the real popular parts of the the show is the uh, the mystery questioners that we go out and seek and find. And you know, in your case, it was pretty fun because we had two literally industry legends. Uh, just happens to just so happens that both of them have been on the podcast in the past. So uh, so let's listen to the first one, and uh, his question kind of plays into what our conversation right now. So so listen in. Hey, Kirk, Charlie Feld. Uh, I know you've been in retail most of your career, which is kind of a low margin business. Pretty tough to make the case for technology, but often have to be made because Sam Walton uh, started with Walmart, this big centralized supply chains, and Bezos came along with online buying and e-commerce. And you've managed to sell your story to the board and to the executive committee, just curious as to what kind of approach have you taken? Uh, that's an awesome question, and I would encourage anybody that has the opportunity to spend some time either getting to know Charlie or read about his career and his journey. He has a lot of wisdom that has been very, very helpful to me um, as I have grown uh, in my uh, CIO journey. Uh, look, I think the first thing... Um, if you continue to deliver every day and you have the trust of the leadership team, that trust transitions to the board so that when you go in and you tell a story to the board about seeking investment and why it's important, uh, I mentioned that you have the credibility to go in and, and have that ask, but there's also a fine art to something what I'll say is part of a, a CIO's role and that's to be a really good storyteller. And when I say storyteller, I don't mean bending the truth or twisting the truth. But what I mean is talking and selling ideas and concepts within the context uh, that your audience is listening from. So if I go into our board and I talk with a bunch of technology acronyms and I talk about technology design patterns and I talk about you know, the underlying capabilities and technology artifacts that exist within generative AI. They're not going to understand that. But if I can give examples where uh, we can apply generative AI in our marketing uh, air location, where we can take the creation of campaigns from six weeks down to six days, that's a context that they understand. And they understand why being able to take and decrease that timeline for marketing campaigns is going to have a very positive impact on how we speak to our customers, being more effective and being very, and the frequency uh, can increase. So uh, I think, you know, really having a history and a track record of working with the team that delivers, uh, having the confidence and support of your executive leadership team that you're a part of, and then that people talk, they, they have a perspective and a perception of how the organization that you lead uh, is doing. Are they delivering? Do they not deliver? Are they impactful? Are they not impactful? And that gives you, that earns you the right then to go in with confidence and, and trust to be able to tell a story. But tell that story effectively in a language, in a context that, that your board members uh, are listening in. Not your context, but their context. I found that that's been very, very beneficial. Yeah, so good. And even with the board, there's different personas there too, right? Even within the individual board members. Uh, so good. Well, thank you, Charlie. And uh, great, great friend. Charlie's been in this field 55 years and is, is still going strong, is doing some big things. And uh, just, just appreciate him. 
Uh, we did a two-part episode last year with Charlie. Uh, Kirk, the, the next C is one that's going to be pretty near and dear to you as well. It's around cultivate. And that's all around knowing, growing, engaging, retaining people. You know, you're mentoring. You're out there uh, externally. You're doing a lot internally. You've got people in TechLX, our leadership program. So what's the... What's the ROI? Why do you make the, why do you make this such a priority? Uh, there's a couple of reasons. One reason is that I continue. The more I sit and talk with people, the more I help them through particular situations that they're trying to navigate or skill sets that they're trying to mature. Um, in teaching, you learn. You reinforce what may uh, you may not have thought of for a while, but that conversation draws that back out of you and it kind of reinforces some of the points that you have learned over your career. So one, it's very beneficial for me to keep lots of ideas and concepts uh, fresh in my mind. Um, most importantly, you know, there's there's not a lot of, there are a lot of different avenues, but not a lot of different effective avenues to help CIOs really grow and mature. Um, you know, I think you you do a, a wonderful job. Uh, there's some others in the industry that do a wonderful job. Charlie's got, uh, you know, a, an institute where they do a wonderful job of really helping CIOs go on that journey. And um, look, I think we owe it back to those that are uh, following in the footsteps and, and wearing the same shoes that we have worn. Uh, how do we help them? How do we give back to them? How do we help shorten their learning cycle? They may not have to go through some of the uh, mistakes maybe that I have made in my past, and I can help them avoid those uh, pitfalls. Um, it, it's a wonderful thing. You know, I always feel better about myself when I'm trying to help and encourage somebody else. Uh, and that giving comes back to you tenfold. And uh, it's a really, really good thing to do. And then when you see those that you've worked with in the past attain success, um, it's it's really, really rewarding to know that you may have pay, played just a small part in that and you helped maybe round out some uh, sharp edges that they had and you've given them some insight and wisdom uh, and you've helped others be successful. Uh, and that creates a, a network that lasts for a lifetime. Yeah, no, I know you've made a big impact on a lot of people on the way and you've had those that have done that for you too. And you just, right. you just, you, you, and the, the idea of, of uh, when you're teaching and learning, I think it's pretty powerful. I think people lose sight of that and, you know, you're energized. And, um, you know, another another part of the conversation here is around leadership courage, you know, the next C. And I'm having that conversation with a lot of CIOs these days. And that notion of having the hard conversations, of making the tough decisions, right? The world's going faster, more ambiguity, more uncertainty than ever, you know, so being successful there. Um, you know, these, these CIOs uh, make me think of Hernan Cortez, the, the, the explorer back in the 1500s. You know, he's the one that said, burn the ships. And I see that burn the ship moment in a lot of the uh, CIO-led transformation. So, you know, just, just kind of unpack that, you know, in terms of how, I mean, are you in, intentional about courage? Do you think about it? You, you know, you, you get put in the spot a lot when you're in that, in that big chair. Yeah, you know, it's... Uh... I think being a CIO is one of the most um, challenging and engaging and enthralling positions that somebody can have in an enterprise. You get so much visibility, you get so much exposure to so many different aspects of the business because, as we said earlier, technology has become a fabric of the business. 
it is the business. And um, that gives you a wide purview across the, the whole organization, things that are going on. Um, and you see sometimes things that need some tweaking, they need some tuning, they may not be your direct responsibility. But if you've done a good enough job in building trust uh, with the partners that may lead that particular area of the organization and you deliver, uh, you know, maybe a message of, um, of input uh, that may be contrary to a decision or a direction that another leader has given, if you do it with humility and you uh, help them understand that you're talking to them uh, from the perspective, you want the very best for their organization, you want to help them uh, you know, meet their business objectives. Most of the time that coaching, just about every time that coaching or that input is, is received very, very well. And many times you'll see it have an impact. And I think conversely being willing to receive uh, feedback and input from those outside of your organization so that they understand uh, it takes courage not only to give advice, it takes courage to receive advice and take it to heart and not take it personal, but take it with the uh, intentions that it was given and that's to help make your organization better. And when you have kind of that give and take, um, you, you, you do, but you do have to have the courage to be able to say, uh, what you think, and you have to have the courage to not only go against that. You have to have the courage to sometimes go against the prevailing winds and the prevailing thinking, because you may have a unique perspective. But a lot of it is in how you deliver um, deliver those messages. I think again, deliver it with humility, uh, deliver it in the intention of that you're trying to help the organization be the best that it can be. And it's not because you're trying to get your way. It's because you really want the best of the organization. And the other thing I think that helps is if you deliver it in a way where it's not a mandate, but it's like, here's something you may want to consider. Um, and here's why, and here's the logic of why you may want to consider it. But we do have to have courage every single day in our job, every single day. And, and you, you build courage. Uh, you know, I take, I, my confidence is built. Uh, upon the fact that I know that the team that I work with can do most anything that we commit to doing. And that gives me courage to go out and make commitments. That gives me courage to go out and, um, and, and give advice and to give input to others that may sit outside of our organization because we may have a really unique perspective on how something's really going. Um, but you do have to have courage and your organization, if it's delivered, if that feedback is delivered in the right message, or in the right way, I should say, um, that message will be received uh, and they will listen to you. You know, right alongside courage, uh, a lot of conversation these days around change. You know, I always say, you know, change isn't constant, change is accelerating. You know, let's be real. And, you know, funny thing about change, everyone's all in when it's changing somebody else, <laughs> right? So how do you go about leading change, messaging change? getting people comfortable with the unknown, moving out of their comfort zones uh, to embrace change, kind of go tackle that next, uh, that next initiative. Yeah, look, I'll tell you one of the ways it's been most effective for me as it relates to uh, helping the organization adapt to change is demonstrate to them that I'm willing to change myself. And so, you know, I work to try and model the way uh, I get lots of feedback from lots of different people. I seek feedback from those that I work with whether they be in the technology space or outside of the technology space. So the, the, the technology space. So the first thing that I do 
is I work to demonstrate that I'm willing to change, right? And so when I give advice or I, or I ask the organization to change, um, they know that it's coming from a place of goodness uh, and that uh, I may be asking them to change, but I too am willing to change. You know, there is a lot to keep up with. Uh, the other way, the other thing that we do is to try and create an organization of learning. You know, I'm not the all-knowing, uh, you know, Oz that is here to know everything about everything. I depend on my team members and my teammates to help me get educated and to learn about things that are coming. So trying to make sure that we're assigning particular areas of the organization to go out and learn about a particular technology or a particular capability, bring it back to the organization. Uh, you know, many hands makes light work. And so if you can have an organization that is learning about different things and then have that organization cross-pollinate what they've learned with other areas of the organization, it accelerates the pace of learning. And then you can really determine what, is, what are the right things that we need to change to and what are we doing okay that we don't need to change, right? And so I, I think that that learning, depending on vendors, depending on reading, uh, I'm still taking classes. I encourage team members to take classes at local community college. Um, so all of those things go into being able to create an environment and a team that is adaptable to change. Yeah, yeah, I love what you're doing here, Kirk. And this is this is what and actually what the best leaders do is how you're connecting all the C's together. You know, it's change, you know, ties back to cultivate and, 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 and learning. And Kurt, we could be much more courageous when we know our customer and we know what matters to them, right? We can make the big, big bets. And I just appreciate how you, how you just do that just very naturally. Uh, the last of the seven C's, and people probably already have a good feel for this from you, but is around collaboration. And, you know, you're collaborating on levels, you know, externally, ecosystems, partners, um, internally at all levels, um, how do you how do you foster collaboration as part of your culture? Uh, you, you mentioned part of it, right? Seek collaboration uh, from those that are not necessarily folks you deal with every day. Last night, for example, in Cincinnati, I was with a group of CIOs at a dinner, and we were collaborating and exchanging ideas on various topics. You know, how do you what are you doing with with AI, what are you doing with generative AI? Are you trying to restrict the choose? Or are you trying to just unleash the choose uh, across the organization? So when collaborating with those that are peers, uh, collaborating with students, uh, we, you know, we have some interns this year uh, that we that are getting ready to, to uh, lead, but listening to things from their perspective and collaborating with them and being willing to listen and learn from anybody. Uh, I belong to the Orby uh, organization. We've got a central CIO chapter and a central Ohio CIO chapter. And, uh, you know, the, getting the insights and the knowledge of other CIOs across uh, the Ohio area has been phenomenal. Uh, I'm a member of something called CTO Forum, uh, which is uh, based out of Silicon Valley, but it brings together uh, technology thought leaders from technology companies as well as non-technology companies, and, and uh, we talk about all these topics. Um, again, uh, you know, I'm collaborating by taking some classes. Um, I try to spend time with really good external third parties, yourself, Charlie Feld, um, and others. Uh, and then certainly most, and, and as important as all of those, is collaborating internal with the people that I work with every single day. 
uh, you know, I can continually learn more about our business and where we're trying to go, what we're trying to accomplish, and then really collaborating with um, the folks that are on the technology group and really saying, okay, look, here's a challenge, here's a problem. How would you approach this? And listening and, and getting their input, spurring them to think and then collaborating with them on developing a solution. Mm. Those are a, a multitude of ways that I, I seek to collaborate. Powerful. Yeah. You know, Kurt, that's the seven C's. And I mentioned in the introduction that the best leaders like yourself don't get distracted by the bright, shiny objects, but you do need to stay current with technology. And so let's listen into our, we've got the second mystery question. Let's see if you uh, know who this is. And uh, then you can have some fun with the question. So let's tee that up. Hi, Kirk. You've always done a great job at staying current with technology. What has been your secret to do that consistently throughout your career? Uh, that was Chris Jelm, my former uh, boss, who was the CIO of Kroger. I, again, and I'll just com- you know comment on Chris. Chris was uh, he was a great leader. Uh, he took the time uh, to teach those that he worked with, whether they were direct reports or not about our organization as a whole quite a bit and personally taught me a lot about how to be, uh, you know, an effective CIO. So, uh, you know, I want to give all credit to him. He's been a big part of my success and I, I wouldn't be where I am without, uh, you know, having, uh, having spent time with him. Uh, yeah, look, I think um, I read voraciously. Um, I depend on third parties, uh, trusted third parties to uh, give me um, uh, updates on evolving technology trends. I'm part of a couple of cohorts, uh, one with Insight Partners, so and I'm connected up with uh, Iconic Capital. And those companies, you know, they're, they're going through a number of technology companies and trying to figure out where to invest. So as I get to see, you know, where they're investing their money, that teaches me what technologies people are willing to put their money into and think that our technologies are going to evolve in the future to really have an impact. Um, I depend on the organization to teach me and to go gather knowledge about particular areas, um, you know, whether it's um, work in evolving database engines, evolving integration design patterns, um, evolving network capabilities, certainly cybersecurity continues to change. I depend uh, very much on our CISO and the um, security team to keep me abreast and the organization abreast of things that we need to learn. So it's a combination of internal team members, it's a combination of my personal efforts to continue to learn, and it's a combination of depending on those trusted third parties um, to really help uh, continue to keep my knowledge current uh, so that I can be an effective leader. Uh, you know, I. I have to be like a conductor of an orchestra. I don't have to go out and play every instrument while the while the orchestra is playing, but I have to keep the orchestra in time and I have to make sure that I can tell when a particular group of musicians is off and they're not in sync with the rest of the group. So I have to know enough to be able to be a really good director. And so I try to manage the knowledge that I seek and the way that I um, gather information about current trends to make sure that I can determine where in our orchestra we're making beautiful music or where we're not right where we need to be at the time that we need to be with a particular piece of technology. Mm. 
Uh, great question, uh, Chris Gelman. Like you say, he's uh, one of the best. One of the best we've had out there doing board work now. And I had when we interviewed uh, Chris for the podcast, I had one of your other former colleagues, peers from back in the Kroger days, and uh, he said Chris is always about measurement. He he even gave grades even to the board members. He would give them grades. So I'm going to put you on the spot. So what was what was Chris's grade for golf back when he was a CIO? Versus what's his grade today? Is he any better today? Now he's got a little more time? I probably, when he was a CIO, would give him about a B, which is still pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think he's getting in the A-plus category. I know he's been spending a lot more time golfing. And, uh, yeah, he's he's really taking his game to the next level. So yeah, that, uh, that time to play more, it's kind of consistent, right? The more you're able to play golf, the better you get at it. He's certainly a real-world example of that. That's awesome. I think your colleague gave him a D and a C. So you're you're a much easier grade. You you were your favorite. <laughs> well, I'm trying to be I'm trying to be positive and keep encouraging. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. We get to laugh. We get to have fun in this industry. And uh, well, Kurt, we've covered so much territory. Uh, so fun. The time flew by. Um, I do want to give you the opportunity to uh, gift a scholarship. You know, we have this tech for good as part of the uh, the podcast through our Tech LX Leadership Program. And uh, we want to give you the ability to gift a, a scholarship to a, a nonprofit organization that you're very uh, familiar with. Yeah, you know, we've had, uh, and we've got a graduation ceremony, I believe, coming up in the near future with the most recent cohort. We had uh, one of our directors from Giant Eagle that went through it, and uh, who I think we think has a lot of potential. And I know he has gotten a lot of the program. Uh, I used to work at a place called the Christ Hospital Health Network, which is a nonprofit, clinically integ- integrated health network in the Cincinnati region. I learned uh, a ton there. Um, and there's a gentleman there uh, by the name of Jeff McDonald, who works in the technology space, uh, has a ton of potential. He's doing a great job there. And I'm going to uh, donate this uh, this scholarship to Jeff. He'll he'll do great with it. That's fantastic. Congratulations, Jeff. You know we. Uh... We love seeing this go to places like that, you know, nonprofits to healthcare, tough, tough business, healthcare, IT, really challenging days. But, uh, you know, let's face it, um, the, the work they do impacts lives, right? So uh, I think it's a great, great place to get to. So thank you for that, Kirk. That's a, that's a perfect. Um, we're going to continue the conversation, fortunately. And uh, next week uh, on CO.com, we're going to publish an article with some additional Kirkism, some additional Kirk perspectives, particularly around digital transformation and really unpacking, you know, how to set our digital initiatives up for success. And you've got some great thoughts on that. And, you know, BCG, I'll, I'll quote a stat. Uh, they've deemed that 70%, 70% of digital initiatives fail or fail to achieve their desired outcomes. So when you think about the trillions that are spent every year, that's a big number of failure. So, uh, that'll be a lot of fun. So just Google uh, my name, Dan Roberts, CI.com. And, uh, and I'll also mention, Kirk, we, we had another article recently back on the topic we talked about earlier around marketing. And it was a roundtable you were part of with other CIOs. And we had a great conversation around marketing, communicating, storytelling. So that that article continues to uh, to go viral. So thanks for being part of that. But Kirk, a ball always and uh, good to see you. Yeah, Dan, I want to take the time to thank you so much for the opportunity to spend time with you. Um, I always learn something new uh, when I spend time with you. 
Uh, I think the work that you and your organization are doing is absolutely fantastic, continuing to advance the growth of new potential CIOs, new CIOs, and uh, the CIOs that are experienced that time, there's always something for us to learn. Um, and I think you do a wonderful job at that. And so, you know, I listen to your podcast on a regular basis um, and I'm always learning something. So I really appreciate uh, the work that you're doing. I think it's fantastic. Very kind. Thank you, Kirk. And, uh, you know, I'm like you, I'm kind of the conductor and uh, just set you all to tell your stories. And we all learn a lot each time. So with that, we'll uh, put a wrap on it. See you all next time. And uh, thanks again for joining. You've been listening to Tech Whispers, inside the playbook of the best digital leaders, a Woolette and Associates podcast. Keep connected with us by subscribing to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you like what you've heard, please rate the show as this helps us connect the world's best digital leaders with those who aspire to learn, grow, and thrive in this amazing profession. Thanks for listening. Until next time.